confess to you that uh, uh, I want to raise the bar for Steve. Uh, Wanda is such a wonderful grandparent. She does it so well, and, uh, and Steve can do it better. We started this class with challenging ourselves, right? Didn't we kind of raise the bar? The expectation we have for ourselves to be intentional grandparents intentional about passing our faith on to our children and our grandchildren. I want to encourage you with that and challenge you with that. Uh, for some of us who uh, may find ourselves too busy at times in good ways, it's a good busy, most many of us have, and uh, you sometimes uh, maybe fail to give the grandkids the attention you would like. Uh, I was telling Cecil a few minutes ago, I take some comfort. Wanda does it so well. I take some comfort in the fact that my work and provision allows her to work part-time, which allows her to do grandparenting so well, right? And so I can lighten up on myself a little bit, maybe, and, uh, but I can do it better. Uh, today is going to be a very practical lesson. It's very much applied in terms of what we've been talking about. It's kind of uh, uh, where the rubber meets the road. How, how do we go about uh, teaching and transferring our faith and beyond the things that we have already been talking about? We really have one scripture that's going to inspire our conversation Fix these words of mine in your hearts and minds. Tie them as symbols on your hands and bind them on your foreheads. Teach them to your children, talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road, when you lie down and when you get up. Write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates so that your days and the days of your children may be many in the land the Lord swore to give your ancestors as many as the days that the heavens are above the earth. Now look at that passage. Now, it's got some pretty practical suggestions, doesn't it? It's like, okay, these words of mine, uh, they're to be upon your hearts and minds. Tie them on as symbols on your hands. Anybody done that one lately? You know, just tie a word of scripture on your hand. Or what? Uh, bind them on your foreheads. Probably some of you know more about that than I do, but I guess, you know, be right here where others could see, right? That's a pretty practical way of communicating the word of God. Teach them to your children talking about them when you sit at home and when you walk along the road. In other words, make it part of your routine. Uh, I would call that teachable moments. Uh, we're going to talk about some creative learning things today, but I don't want to neglect the idea that we cultivate a culture, family culture, of talking about spiritual things, as it's talking about here. Uh, when you sit at home, when you walk along the road, make it, find the teachable moments. Um, one comes to mind, so let me share it with you. It, it applies 
to citizenship later, but I'll tell it now because I might forget it. I remember Wanda and I, we were living in West Texas. We had an old suburban, and we had it packed to the hilt as we were leaving town to travel 12 hours to see family. So here we are trying to get out of town about midday, and we stop at Walmart, and we come out and get in the old suburban and go driving away for a 12-hour drive, and my daughter drops a bubble gum wrapper out the window. I'm like, I stopped the Suburban. I'm like, Amy, go get that bubble gum wrapper. Well, this is Walmart parking lot. It had a big open field in front of it. Uh, this is West Texas. So you know what you have in West Texas. She couldn't even get out of the car, and that bubble gum wrapper is blowing across that old big open field. So I'm like, Amy, keep your eye on that bubble gum wrapper. And uh, we drive to the nearest street and turn, and we're watching that bubblegum wrapper blow across the field and to the next street. And so I go to turn on the next street. Well, it just keeps blowing over into the apartment's parking lot next door. So I drive into the apartment parking lot looking for this bubblegum wrapper. Sure enough, we find it. All the time, Amy is resisting. I'm like, Amy, we can't leave town until you get that bubblegum wrapper. You with me? That was a teachable moment. We drove through the apartment building parking lot, saw that bubblegum wrapper, and with some degree of resistance from Amy, um, we didn't leave town until she had gotten the bubblegum. It's hey, you don't do that. You're a good citizen. You don't just throw your trash on the ground. It's a teachable moment. So we're going to talk about some creative things today. But I don't want to neglect the idea that you capture the teachable moments. Uh, as you walk along the road, as you sit at home, it's part of your conversation. When you lie down and when you get up, write them on the door frames of your houses and on your gates. It's like, hey, got a front porch? Put you a scripture there. You got a gate? Put you a scripture. That's what it's talking about, right? This kind of constant reminder of... God's word and God's instruction and its, its importance in our lives. Isn't that what it's saying? Am I reading this wrong, Ferris? Is that what it's saying? You know? Door frames, your gates, so that your days and the days of your children. So I'm suggesting to you the scripture is talking about very practical ways of teaching and reminding our children and grandchildren of God's instruction and its importance and its value in our lives. I think that's what's taking place here. So I'm going to share with you some practical ways to do that today. And uh, uh, I'll give you a copy of some of these things if you'd like them. Uh, would not necessarily expect you to remember them. Hey, how about this? Um, have you ever heard this phrase, tell me and I forget, show me and I may remember, involve me and I understand? Have you ever heard that phrase? I like that. When you think of a pedagogy, like a teaching methodology, I kind of like that. It says, well, tell me and I, I tend to forget. Show me and I might remember, involve me, I got it. I understand. I own it. It's a, it's a pedagogy. It's a way of teaching. Let me see if I can illustrate what I'm suggesting here at the moment. 
no offense to uh, Randy, uh, but can anybody remember what the sermon was about three weeks ago? Now, in an audience this size, there may very well be somebody that has that kind of memory. But, you know, I don't know about you, but I can't. Now, let me ask you another question. How many of you, if, if, when you think about your favorite movie, can remember a scene, maybe two or more, from your favorite movie? One of your favorite movies. You can remember the... Isn't that interesting? Tell me, and I tend to forget. Involved me, and I remember. So you can remember a scene, more than one scene from your favorite movie. You have a hard time remembering what the sermon was about three weeks ago. It's just kind of intriguing about learning and kind of what makes an impression and sticks with us, you know. I wonder if that's why Jesus spoke in parables and the visual so much, so often, right? Uh, metaphors and such that, that uh, made an impression. And it's like, hey, you see that tree over there that, you know, it's not bearing fruit. And then they go walking down the road and they see another tree and they're like, oh, you remember what Jesus said about trees that don't bear fruit? <laughs> you with me? And, um, and so uh, we want to, let me put it this way. If I had parenting to do over again, I believe I could do better with the third one. Involve me and I understand. I'm not saying to you we didn't do that. We certainly, we taught we certainly, I think, did a great job of modeling that which we taught. And we did the third one involving them. But if I had it to do over as a, again as a parent, I think I could do better with what I would call creative learning experiences. Involve me, and I understand. That's why I mentioned last week my son had my grandson, who's now 12, had him in a soup kitchen serving homeless people when he was five years old. Involved me, and I own it. Maybe that's why that same grandson a few years later for his birthday suggested that no one give him anything personally but contribute money, and he would send it to the orphans over in India or somewhere. Because he, at an early age, started learning what it was like to be a giver in this world rather than a taker in this world. Uh, does that make sense? So I'm going to share some things that um, you may find a little odd as far as creative learning experiences, but I think the scripture suggests some pretty practical kinds of things, okay? So as we, uh, oh, by the way, let me pause and just remind you of a few stories we've already heard. I think last week, I believe Larry Bills uh, shared a story with his grandson and John and Peggy Dormany. Wasn't that so neat hearing them talk about how they send their grandchildren some treats each week and have a scripture in there, have a math problem in there, have a question, a reflective question uh, where they have to respond back to them. Wasn't that so neat? That's what I mean by creative learning experiences. I'm involving them in some way that uh, will make an impression upon their minds and hearts. So you feel comfortable 
interrupting me here and sharing some examples along the way. Uh, there's a, we can go to scripture and for each one of these, but uh, for sake of conversation, I like uh, what's called the pillars of character, and I think they're very consistent with Galatians and the fruit of the Spirit and such. And uh, there's others that could be included in this list, but I'll work off of this. It's, we're talking about character traits. And last week, we said character involves saying no to something, right? And we could, I didn't do it last week, uh, uh, but we could put all kinds of scripture with, uh, with fleeing. There are certain things you should flee. There's certain things you should put away and put off, right? Say no to. That's character. The, the discipline to say no to one's own impulses and desires. But as scripture would suggest, we need to do more than to say no to something. We need to say yes to something, right? We need to fill our lives uh, with something, and that would be, uh, we called it last week, moral attachment. There's a moral code, God's word, God's teaching, and we embrace that. We commit to that. It becomes our conviction and the compass and direction for our lives. So, so uh, character is saying no to something, but it's also saying yes to something. Well, these would be some of the character traits that you could be teaching to your children and grandchildren in perhaps creative ways. So let me share a, an approach to do that. Just don't worry about that silliness, okay? Uh, teach and define character, char caring. So what I've done with the character traits is I first defined them. So with your children or grandchildren, you would first define, well, what do we mean by caring? So it's obvious to you guys, be kind, loving, and considerate. Give time, support, comfort, or money to make someone's life better. Identify and help people in need. Be compassionate and empathetic. Be thankful and express gratitude for what people do for you. I like that. So that would be like, okay, if I'm working with my grandchildren, here's the definition. Here's what we mean by caring. And uh, I'm, I'm suggesting two things. So as you teach a character trait, what Bible stories or verses would be great to teach your grandchild what it means to be caring? Why don't I just pause there right now? Because where I would like to go with developing this material is now have several of those stories that you could share that would teach caring, biblical stories that would teach caring to your grandchildren. There's an obvious one that comes to mind for me, but I'm going to see what you have to say. A matter of fact, I'm going to take out my uh, pen and say, you're going to help me develop this a little bit further, all right? And uh, what would be a great Bible story for teaching caring. The Good Samaritan, that's actually the one that came to my mind. Wouldn't that be uh, the place to begin for teaching what it means to be caring? Anybody else got a uh, Yes, sir. Yeah, the prodigal son. 
Yes, sir. And how did you have the father respond when he returned and such? Dorcas. Dorcas. See, I've got a good list going here. Ruth. Back here. David and Jonathan. Hey, I just need you guys to teach. Isn't that good? I mean, there's any number of Bible stories that we could use to illustrate God's teaching on the character trait of caring. Um, Now, this may look a little odd to you, but I put on each one of these what videos would be useful for teaching caring to your grandchildren. Uh, I haven't had... Didn't have time for this week, but I might do a few next week. I'm here to tell you there are some powerful videos out there these days that help illustrate character traits. Did we just make the point a moment ago that you remembered what you had seen on video better than you remembered what somebody told you? (laughs) I think we did. And so... There are some powerful things out there. I can point you to a video that teaches on caring. And uh, I've been thinking about doing this with my grandchildren. If I I, I can do it long distance or close by. But uh, maybe have a lessons for life night. And uh, where we take a character trait and we tell the biblical story and then we have a video that illustrates it and we process that video. Wouldn't that be neat, I think? I think that'd be pretty cool. Kind of using the technology that's available today. That's a creative. Oh, so let's try. I've got a teach caring. How about this one? Cut strips of paper. And allow your children to write on a strip every time they demonstrate caring behaviors. This would apply to grandchildren. You can do it with your grandchildren. When you see your child do something nice for someone or for you, allow them to write it on a strip of paper. Link the strips of paper to form a chain. When the chain reaches a specified length, like as wide as your bedroom... Treat your child to something that they enjoy. Building a chain of kindness will help children become aware of their acts of kindness. Do you see what I mean by creative learning experience? Where I've got them involved in something that I believe is going to demonstrate what God teaches on this and instill it within them where they take ownership of it. It's beyond telling them about it. Does that make some sense to you? Yes, sir. Right. It's still a creative learning experience, right? Where, okay, you've got them involved in teaching this uh, character trait. And, and I actually like the one of cutting the strips, and you could use it with any of the character traits, right? You could use the, the strips for respect and for responsibility. 
or for fairness. You could involve your children. You could have them put scriptures on the strips. You know, have them write on the strip of paper what the caring deed was that they did. They then make it into the link of a chain, and they build a chain. And whenever it's a certain length, you go out and celebrate that. One of the things I like about that with children or grandchildren is you are, as they are building their chain, you're kind of reinforcing their behavior in more intrinsic ways. You're using praise. You're not giving them tangible rewards. You're using praise. And that's instilling something within them. And then whenever the chain's a certain length, you go out and celebrate, and that's more of a... uh, um, What's the word I'm looking for here? Um, Tangible reward. Yes, a more tangible kind of reward. And there's a place for that, but you don't want it to always be some tangible something. So you praise them, you instill something within them, and then you do a tangible reward later. I like the picture of the little guy. He's already learned how to be caring and empathetic. See, he's trying to comfort the other little boy, right? (laughs) Uh, could I pause right here? I meant to uh, to share an idea on all of these character traits of how a man I knew did this and did it very well. And uh, I really like what he did. It, my book got rained on last week. I left the van door open and it rained on my Grandpa Says book. This is Grandpa Says. It's written by Robert Hall. Robert Hall was a rather accomplished man, uh, made good money in his life. He and his brother invented the peephole. You know what a peephole is, right? Well, they were the ones that invented it. Like, well, you can look through and I can see you, but you can't see me. And so they ended up doing really well for themselves. You know what I mean? And so he was concerned with passing on his values to his children and grandchildren, particularly grandchildren, and as part of his legacy, not just his money. And so he wrote a book called Grandpa Says, and I'm going to copy a page or two out of it for you at some point here, maybe next week, and show you what he did. I think it is so neat. And when his grandchildren were in college, And so they were often away from him at a distance, which is more challenging as grandparents when uh, geographically you were distant, right? Here's what he did. He had printed some envelopes that uh, up in the left-hand corner would have Grandpa Says on it with his, you know, he'd put his name and address in there. And then he would mail the Grandpa Says envelope to his grandchildren at their different universities. And each week, he would write them a Grandpa Says. Now, I'm just going to share it with you because I think it's such a great idea. For example, he has, uh, and these are like just little two-page snippets. Here's one. Grandpa Says, Honesty Pays. Honesty pays. And here's what he does. He has quotes. He has scripture. He might have something funny. And so he says, honesty is not the best policy. It's the only policy. I like that. Honesty is not the best policy. It's the only policy. 
Proverbs 11.1, 1, the Lord hates cheating and delights in honesty. Uh, he quotes a, a person. In an honest transaction, both parties gain. He has the uh, basic operating policy of his company. Conduct business affairs with truth, honesty, and integrity. That's his own quote, Robert Hall. There is no right way to do something wrong. How about that? The first step in greatness is to be honest. Honest, honest, that was by Samuel Johnson. Thomas Jefferson said, honesty is the first chapter in the book of wisdom. George Washington said, I hope I shall possess firmness and virtue enough to maintain what I consider the most enviable of all titles, the character of an honest man. Coach Gene Stallings, have y'all ever heard of him? him? Yeah. He said, you can't go wrong by doing what's right. <laughs> the late golf champion, Babe Didrikson, Zaharias, once disqualified herself from a golf tournament for having hit the wrong ball out of the rough. But nobody would have known, her friend told her. I would have known, Babe replied. William Shakespeare said, oh, what a tangled web we weave when first we practice to deceive. Yeah, you knew that one, didn't you? Or how about God's best for your success? It's a book. Uh, honesty is not only the best policy, it is the will of God. One winter we broke the ice on an open pond to baptize some people. Is the water cold, Sam? Asked a deacon of a shivering, dripping convert. No, not a bit cold, replied Sam. Better put him under again, preacher suggested the deacon. He hasn't quit lying yet. <laughs> what makes a person, this is from Proverbs, what makes a person wise is understanding what to do. But what makes a person foolish is dishonesty. Foolish people don't care if they sin, but honest people work at being right with others. Proverbs 14, 8 through 9. Do you see what he's doing here? He's taking a character trait. He's taking scripture. He's taking quotations and uh, in a little bit of humor. And, he's, and here's his, how his story went. So each week he would write one of these. He would send it to his different grandchildren in the Grandpa Says envelope. And they would see the envelope, and they got to where they would look forward to what's Grandpa have to say this week, right? And as the story goes, as I heard him tell it many years ago, he says uh, their roommates were, got so interested in Grandpa Says that they would open the mail of his grandchildren before the grandchildren even saw it. They would see the Grandpa Says oh, uh, envelope and the roommates would start opening the mail because they wanted to read what grandpa had to say. How about that? Can you stand maybe one more? He wrote, protect your family name. You have a good name. Honor it and keep it clean. And that way you honor your mom and dad. Do nothing to tarnish your family name. Anonymous, whatever you do in life, never do anything to embarrass the family name. Uh, quotation, a good name is seldom regained when character is gone. One of the richest jewels of life is lost forever. 
unknown. Have regards for your name since it will remain with you forever. Ecclesiastes, scripture here, a good name is better than fine what? Perfume. Scripture again, Proverbs, a good name is more desirable than great riches. To be esteemed is better than silver or gold. Uh, have you heard of a guy by the name of Dale Carnegie? He says, remember that a man's name is to him the sweetest and most important sound in any language. Then he's got uh, a little humor on that. Isn't that a neat idea? And so I'm kind of thinking I might, um, I might plagiarize. <laughs> Yeah, seriously. He's got some really neat, right? And so I may take one of these, and uh, I've got three grandchildren. I may divide it into three parts, write it out in my handwriting. I'll probably give credits at some point. I'm good about giving credits. But write it out by hand into three pieces and send a piece of these to each of my three grandchildren, they're all in one family, and then they have to get together and share each of the pieces on that topic to get the whole picture. I think I may try to do something like that. Wouldn't that be cool? And you can do that if they're nearby or far away, can't you? Any thoughts on that, anybody? I'm talking a lot here, and I normally no. Yes. Yeah, yeah, right. That's, <laughs> I, yeah, that's probably true. I, I, yeah, preachers, I mean, why am I concerned? Uh, you didn't get that, did you? <laughs> right? Third time it's you, I own it, right? Yes, sir. Yes, ma'am. Did you hear that? I have a few letters from my grandmother and your daddy, and she says, I'll keep them forever. That's what shoeboxes are made for. In folders, okay. Well, you're a little more organized than me. All right, I got the shoeboxes. <laughs> Isn't that great? But we chuckle, but what I hear you saying is they spoke to your heart, they touched you, and you're going to always hope How about that? She had asked her father about creation, and though at that time he was not a member of the young, and uh, he researched it and sent you a reply on creation and all. But touched your heart to this day, right? Someone else? Anybody? You see what we're trying to suggest? Some creative ways. Uh, there's probably more of these than you care to hear from me. Uh, sit down with your child and talk about the people in your neighborhood or church family who are going through a difficult time. Maybe it is sickness, the death of a loved one, uh, financial difficulty. Uh, it's important to let your child know that they are in need. 
Spend an afternoon baking cookies or a food item with your child to deliver to the person in need. Your child will benefit from showing an act of kindness to someone else and from spending one-on-one -on -one time with you. Isn't that neat? Yeah, remember we talked about one-on-one -on -one time several, several weeks ago. Well, here you're doing it in a way that shapes them. And again, more of these than you want to hear. A good activity that would foster caring in your children, grandchildren during the holidays to have your child adopt a Christmas angel instead of going to the store to buy the angel uh, store to buy an angel gift, your child could give them one of his or her toys instead. Also, during Thanksgiving, your child could help you bake his or her favorite meal, take it to a family in need. Do you see, involved me, and I understand. See if I got any favorites here. Uh, I like this idea. Pick a day and go around your neighborhood and ask if there are any odd jobs you and your children can help with. Whether it's raking leaves, painting a fence, you can teach children to care for others. Oh, by the way, I, I failed to mention, a lot of these, guess where they came from? My students. See, I asked them, what was it your family did that helped instill these traits of character within you? And most of these are their experiences. Another idea is to go down to the soup kitchen and serve those in need teaching them to care for the poor, just as Christ set an example. Volunteering at a nursing home. I like this one. Every Sunday afternoon after church, my mom had us pick two names out of the prayer list and write notes of encouragement. We, need the, we made the cards from scratch and drew pictures once a month, we got to go and visit someone from that list that was in the hospital. I found it kind of interesting. They said, <clears throat> once a month, we got to go. He didn't say we had to go. He saying we got to go. We wanted to go. And you could do this with your grandchildren as well. Uh, how about respect? Teach, define your grandchildren what it means to respect. Treat others the way you want to be treated. Value and honor all people for who they are, not for what they can do for you. Take good care of any property others allow you to use. Listen to others and try to understand their point of view. And don't use put-downs, insults, yelling, ridicule to embarrass or hurt anyone. That's how we would try to teach Defining character with our grand, uh, uh, character trait of respect for our grandchildren. What does what Bible stories come to mind? Anybody? Might be a little harder. May have to give it to you for homework, huh? Anybody got one that comes to mind? Okay. Uh, Jesus' respect for his mother when in making the wine story of the at the wedding feast. Any others come to mind? Well, a good Samaritan would fit well with this one as well. Uh, we don't have videos, but I can probably help you identify some. 
pretty powerful clips on respect. Try to have each child draw a picture of themselves and then write a list of things they like about themselves on the back. <clears throat> Next, have the children get in a circle and pass around one another's self-portraits. Each child shares a compliment and then writes the compliment on the back of the other person's portrait. They are learning to respect and enhance others while at the same time accepting compliments about themselves. You see what they're doing here? They do a self-portrait and then they write some positive things about themselves, which is important that they see themselves in positive ways. Then they pass the portrait around to the other children who add things on the back and positive things that we see in you. And so you're teaching children to enhance others, to see the good in others is what you're trying to convey there, but also to see the good in themselves, right? Pretty important lessons. Jump in here if you've got any real-life examples of some of these. A good way to teach respect for the elderly is to have your children make a puzzle with their grandparents. Puzzles are great because you can really build some teamwork in doing them. Mom and dad would take their children. To, okay, uh, I like the idea of the puzzles. It takes some time. It takes teamwork. It's in close proximity to one another. It's real easy to do the affection and touching thing when you're working together on a project like that. Mom and dad would take their children to a retirement community or a nursing home and to read the local newspaper with the men and women there. How about that? Okay, we don't have time for a lot uh, of these, but let me show you where we go. Teach and define responsibility as a character trait. Here's the definition of responsibility. Again, the same. Uh, oh, any number of uh, uh, Bible stories I think would fit well with responsibility. Uh, oh, I like this suggestion. When a child behaves in a responsible way, they get a magnetic, magnetic letter from the word responsibility. Guess where it goes? It always goes on the refrigerator, right? On the refrigerator, when they have every letter spelling responsibility, they get to do something they enjoy or have a treat. So again, I like the intrinsic. I'm going to praise you all, R-E-S-P, and it's not until you get to the end that you do something maybe more tangible, like we get to go get pizza or go out to eat or something like that. Responsibility, chore chart. Give a child an essential chore, like setting the table. No one eats until it's done. The child cannot get help from siblings. The child will learn what it means to have others depend on them. The child will also learn not to procrastinate. We used that illustration when we talked about the agrarian society, and it was your responsibility to be up at 5 o'clock in the morning to milk the cow, right? And others were looking to you. Uh, let's see. Oh, oh, this does remind me. Uh, Robert Hall wrote this book, Grandpa Says, and by the way, you can still find it online. I bought nine of them last night. <laughs> he sure did, because I'm like, they're going to go away at some point, right? He's deceased now. But watch this. He not only wrote Grandpa Says, he wrote a sequel. The sequel was Grandpa Remembers. 
And what he does in the sequel is rather than the snippets, he tells the stories, his life stories and experiences, uh, the family history and such. Grandpa remembers. And so he has these, these moments in his family life that made a great impression on him and his character, and he's sharing those stories with his grandchildren. Do you suppose every one of his grandchildren have a copy of Grandpa Remembers to this day? I suspect so. I think my time's up. Let me just speed dial here. The next one is fairness, trustworthiness. Now, you may not want to do this one, but this one says bake cookies and uh, count the number of cookies you put on the plate. Maybe have your grandchildren tell your grandchildren they can have one cookie and then you leave the room for 15 minutes and when you come back, count the cookies. <laughs> yeah, you might not want to do that one, but uh, you might, huh? What a way to teach trustworthiness, right? And then the last one is citizenship, where you teach the character trait of being a good citizen within a community and respecting property and such as that. And then one, yeah, our time's up. Let me let you go. We'll pick up there. Is that was the second bell, right? I think. Let me let you go. You have a great week. Hey, next week I want you to tell me maybe a story like how you you interacted with your grandchild. Okay, we'll probably put a bow on grandparenting next week. Maybe take a one-week uh, spring break break, and then come back. We're going to talk about caregiving. Caring for our aging loved ones, okay? Does that sound like a plan? Hope you can be here next week.